Hello, and welcome back to our podcast series on the brand new America's Cup boat, the AC-75. I'm Mark Chisnell, and I'm back here in Ben Ainsley's office with the four-time Olympic gold medalist, now the team principal, and of course the skipper of INEOS Team UK. Last month, we looked in some detail at the simulator and discussed the fact that the protocol, the rules that control this America's Cup, had banned tow tank testing, wind tunnel testing, and two-boat testing. It means that computer modelling and simulation, along with sailing one boat alone, are the only ways of assessing performance, at least until we start racing. This month, I want to go further into this and talk in a little more detail about how we get value from our sailing time. People have been testing two boats together in the America's Cup for a long while and for a good reason. The sensor and instrument technology to measure performance repeatedly to the accuracy required just didn't exist. So instead of trying to measure the difference, we sailed one boat beside another and it was much easier to see even very small speed advantages. There were still problems. The boats were often in different winds. There were variations in wind shear and wind gradient that couldn't be measured and generally there was a lot of noise in the data. But it worked well enough and it was the best process available. And now it's banned, leaving the team to find effective ways to improve performance with just a single boat out on the water. Now, Ben, there are some parts of our program, like crew training, manoeuvres, practice laps, and so on, that presumably are just as effective with one boat as two. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the boats are much more complex than what we've raced before in the Cup, like you say, and and the concept's brand new. So we do need to devote a lot of time to the things that you only need one boat for. And because of the World Series schedule and the shipping time between the venues, the sailing time is quite restricted. And so it's important to be very efficient with the time on the water even with a single boat, and make sure we're focusing on what's absolutely critical to improve performance. So we have a sailing team coach, uh, Rob Wilson, and he has an important role to play in developing our technique and and knowledge of sailing the boat. Now, there are coaches everywhere in in high-performance sailing these days, so can you talk a little bit about the role of the coach in finding performance gains gains in a a modern cup team? Yeah, Rob is is critical to the team, as as you'd expect. I've worked with a lot of coaches over the years, I think Rob has a fantastic balance between being a really good people person but being also really highly involved with the technical aspects of the sport and passionate about that as well and and that's what you really need to sort of draw that that out of of both the sailors uh, but the designers and you know trying to instigate those those key conversations between sailors and designers and then obviously it's clearly there's a lot of data coming out of the boat that needs analysis and again Rob is quite pivotal in, a, in that group of identifying where those interesting what interesting observations there are in that data um, that we can then feed back to the designers and and then develop the boat develop the systems and to get the best overall package so I mean there are it, it, and it isn't just Rob as you say it's a lot about data and data analytics and and there's one other guy probably in this loop that that we should mention at this stage, and that's Juan Vila, the performance manager. Um, could you talk a little bit about how his role differs from Rob's? Yeah, Juan is another key key guy in that development loop, and 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 the rest of yeah, as we talked about the rest of the, of the design group and and sailing group. There's a lot of key people in that in terms of drawing out, being responsible for for collecting that data and drawing it out and analysing it. Uh, but going back to Juan, I mean his. He used to be his job used to be about running straight line tests and getting good data results um, from that. And and you know as the, the the boat or the sails of the crew were changed, you know making sure that that happens at the right time. And and we did enough tests on on both tacks and boats swapping size from windward to leeward to make sure the differences in the in the wind 
were ironed out so the tests were as accurate as, as possible. And you know there was also a lot of competition to win tests, so the team that had the discipline to get the boats close enough to, to the breeze and up to speed um, without handing a, an advantage to one boat or another. So that again, that test manager role really, which, which Wayne, Wayne has, was, uh, was key when we were two boat testing. Um, but now with one boat, the goal is different. I mean, it's still Wayne's job to run the testing on the water, but working with the rest of the design team, ensuring that the specific tests are devised and run and you know, they're intended to val validate design tools like the VPP and the simulator and so on. So it's, it's quite a different skill set from, from you know, what a test manager traditionally would have done in the America's Cup. Now it's much more about validating VPP, val val validating simulation results out on the water. So um, can you give us an example of what those tests might, might look like? Yeah, I mean, some of this, some of it is, is you know, it's still straight line testing as we used to do in the old, you know, America's Cup boats and traditionally in, in testing that you do in any other type of boat. And so, you know, for example, if the VPP says the boat will do 36 knots at a particular wind speed and wind angle, then, you know, we're trying to confirm that as close as we, possible ca as we possibly can. Um, but it's also about establishing things like the takeoff speed of the boat um, and, you know, what our tools are predicting we, we should be able to do and what we can actually do in practice. Um, and the more that we can confirm those predictions, we can then feed that back into the models and the simulation, and then the whole thing becomes more and more accurate. And, you know, the testing confirms, like I said, the testing confirms the simulator, and through that we can then test new designs and techniques and be that much more accurate and really that feeds the whole system of, of development of, the, of these boats. It's about establishing confidence in the tools and, and then using those tools to, to create faster designs. Yeah, that, that's right. And it's, it's more, we're so much more reliant on that, I think, than, than we ever have been. And the speed of the development is, is, is astonishing, really. And, the, you know, the designers and the engineers do an amazing job, I think, to to be able to keep, keep pace <laughs> with those developments and uh, it's very exciting to be a part of it. And I mean, one, you know, one of the reasons we're so good at learning perhaps is that because we've applied more resources to this area. I mean, 10 or 15 years ago, we sailed together at One World, which is what, early 2000s. We had one guy doing performance analysis. Um, we had no coach. Um, you know, so just one or two people going through this data and presenting results of the debrief, whereas these days we put a lot of effort into enabling a lot more people to have access to the data. Could you just talk through how, how that's worked a little bit? Yeah, sure. So we, we built a tool we call Replay, and that effectively brings all of the data into one place, and not just the numbers, but also the video from the cameras on board the boat and off the boat, the drones and everything else. And that's really useful in a debrief scenario but it also allows anyone that's interested to go back and check things for themselves so they don't you know don't need to be in, in a debrief they can have watched the sailing and saying oh actually I really want to an an analyze something to do with let's say the foil cavitation and and they can go back and find that section both the video and the data and, and analyze it themselves so it's a, it's really a very interactive tool um, that allows everyone to to be able to analyze and contribute 
And I, I, I think that's, you know, the biggest difference to the days when we were two boat testing, when it was mostly just about which boat or keel or sail won the test and by how much and in what conditions. Now we have so much more information from the boat. We measure a lot more and with all of the different sensors, it's given us access to, to so much more data. And, and for our engineers, that's absolutely critical. And again, in that learning and understanding this new concept of boat and then designing a faster overall product. So with a lot more people looking at the data and the detail, it makes it much more useful and gives us many more ways to see whether our design decisions are right and whether our design tools are effective. All right. Thank you very much, Ben. I think the, the next step from there is probably to look at some sensors and displays in the next podcast. But to finish this one up, um, this month's question came in by email from Louise Webster. And Louise wanted to know, do you capsize the boat in the simulator? And will it happen for real? And it's a $64 million question. <laughs> well, yeah, we do. We, we, yeah, we certainly capsize the boat in the simulator. I think that's probably the one area where the simulator hopefully isn't that accurate. If it is accurate, um, we, might, we may have some issues. <laughs> so yeah, look, I, I think inevitably it's going to happen at some stage. You're going to capsize these boats, and that will be, you know, that will have consequences because they're going to be travelling at, at, you know, seriously high speeds. Uh, there's a lot of momentum in these boats, and you know you've only got one rudder. So if you lose that rudder, then as we've seen in the little test boats, you get some pretty wild wipeouts. So that happening at the 75 foot scale is something that we you know we do we have spent time thinking about the consequences of that how we train you know what what are our safety what are the safety elements to that in terms of both on board the boat and the support team that we have should we have a capsize scenario so yeah good question excellent all right thanks again so don't forget everyone that if you've got a question about the ac75 please do either email via the website or get on any of the team's social media channels That's all for this month and see you back here soon.